the story of my life. No respect. That ain't got no respect at all. The story of my life. No respect. That ain't got no respect at all. They couldn't score and fell flat. And the 40 shots on goal was 40 shots on goal was a little deceiving. Yeah. And even though they had some really good opportunities, surprisingly, they need to play with that intensity. If those last three, four minutes, the Rangers sometimes don't play at their best level against lower-tier teams. Here's Johnny! Nope, this is Ranger Proud, the Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud, here on the Bleed Blue Show. Uh, five in a row feels good, doesn't it? It sure does, and this is going to be a very apologetic side of the episode from me, RP. I was totally wrong. Uh, I will own up to my, uh, I guess my sins, you could say. So it's going to be a running thing from my end all episode long, RP. I, I know you're thrilled. We'll have, it's joyous times in Ranger Twitter, probably, and definitely on the Ranger Proud Facebook page, right? You got Glenwood. Oh, yeah. Man, we're going to have some fun. Now, Scott's on his way back from Winnipeg on a plane with Adam Graves as we speak. So he may or may not make the end of this episode. But but we'll, we'll talk about it. It's going to be a really run theme today, RP. I mean, I'll start it off right now. All episode long. I'm sorry. I am thoroughly, thoroughly sorry, man. Thoroughly, thoroughly sorry, man. Yep, yep. Lay it on me. Lay it on me. Shame. 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 Lay it on me. Shame. Shame. Yeah, all episode long, RP. We're going to talk about it, man. Let's get Glenn on and get his thoughts. Glenn, what's up, man? How you doing, man? I'm doing great, Steve. How are you doing? How's everybody out there? And uh, just give a quick shout out to the uh, scary, bloody clown who not only came home with uh, another road win, but also uh, <laughs> managed to get himself quite a bit of face time on MSG last night. Well, be- yeah, you know what? Before we do that, he actually had a message for you guys. He uh, he pre-recorded his thoughts, and he wants to get that on this episode just in case he was not able to make it. So if you don't got, if you guys don't mind, let me play what he said on the five and zero road trip. That would be Scott, who was all over MSG Networks, the Rank Podcast with Razor Proud, those guys here on the on this platform. What did he say, Scott? What did he say? Good evening, Bleed Blue crew. If you're listening to this, I am still in the air because Air Canada uh, no longer knows how to function as an airline. But in any case, uh, five and O road trip. I mean, this is this is just incredible. Um, you know, first and foremost, let's give Glenn his props because I remember last week when we were going around doing our predictions, most people were being realistic, 3-1-1, et cetera, et cetera. And in comes Glenn with his plucky, unrealistic optimism of, I don't see why we can't go 5-0. and And I, my impression was like, all right, come on, like, can we can we keep it realistic here? But Glenn was the only one who nailed it. And uh, let's let's not, you know, let's. I know we're only nine games in, but let's really examine uh, the uh, just how huge it was to go five and zero. Uh, for one, this is great to see this early in the season because even with good Ranger teams, Ranger teams that end up having very good regular seasons, we're still usually like like, you know, 3-2-3 three, and three at this point in the season, and then we start to go on a run. So it's great to see them doing it uh, this early. 
and uh, you know, just really making a statement here. And and look at all the time zone changes here. And uh, you know, the the NHL scheduling uh, department almost as bad as the NHL marketing department. So they sent them to the West Coast time three hours. They won that. They send them back a time change to to Mountain time for the two games there. Um, to Western time zone <laughs> instead of going, you know, working their way east. They send them back to the west, get that hour back, uh, or lose that hour again. They win there, and now over to the central time zone for another two-hour time change, and they managed to sweep all five. I, I was, uh, you know, I was fully uh, not, I, I kind of expecting a stinker, and, and, and had they laid a stinker last night in Winnipeg, that would have been more than justified, but... They didn't. Uh, they they were great. Uh, you know, I, I, I could have lived with that, but uh, you know, the team had other plans, and they finished it off uh, in style, five and zero, scoring a late goal to tie it. Uh, when you know things looked like they uh, they might have run out of gas, and they, and and they didn't. They they they, they turned it on. Um, I thought it was over when they had that power play with about ten minutes left and didn't score. Uh, I thought that was it, but. Um, they didn't. They uh, they got another one and they and they cashed in and and beautiful penalty kill and uh, and here we are five and up. And those are Scott's thoughts. So RP, we'll go to you. But let me say this real quick. What I think was really cool about this road trip, the uh, stakeholders of this platform that was associated with the Bleed Blue Show, uh, Dewan from uh, the football side who was actually at the Seattle game and got that win right. And then Lauren, who was going to be on with us tonight, was unable to make it tonight because she got, you know, she was in Canada. She got sick out there uh, on the way back to New York. She was at the three middle games, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver. So all three wins on that that trip and left Sunday. And then Scott got the last win on the road trip with Winnipeg. So I thought that was cool from a Bleed Blue Show, the Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud sports fan level that we have somebody associated with our platform who are at all five games. But go ahead and continue on, sir. I just wanted to put that fun fact in there. Your thoughts on the five games. and uh, Well, actually, we, we talked about a couple of games before the road trip, so since Calgary, basically. And then we'll go to Glenn, and I'll continue my apology tour on the Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud. Let's go to episode. You know, just I don't even want to recap all the games. I, I think I'm more interested in, in here with Glenn after I make this comment. What were your three biggest surprises out of this five-game winning streak? For me, number one was the player, Jonathan Quick, with the shutout. Man, he shut everybody up right about how bad he looked in preseason. Two games, 2-0, two and oh, he puts a solid win. I was really impressed with that. It was, it was much needed. It kind of balanced out the whole trip for Chesterkin. So I was, I was very impressed with, with that game that Quick put out there. Um, while you're on quick RP before you go to you want you know that yeah, yeah. fun fact um, three qualifying games he has the highest save percentage in the entire league but correct I saw that <laughs> no I, I saw that he you know something he he's shutting all the doubters down you know going out there just doing his job uh, apparently he has a huge amount of respect in the locker room as he should with being a three-time cup winner and all and all of his accolades but uh, very impressed with that um, after that, I've really been impressed and and love the way Truber has been playing. I don't know if he was hurt last year, or not, but he's on a very, I don't want to say quietly, but his game is just taken to another level in my eye. He's just played very, very well. 
Yes, they all make mistakes here and there. That's that hockey. But overall, I, I just like the way he's leading this team. The, the boys are following him. He's got that presence on the ice at any time. A big hit can change the game. And, and my my number one surprise is the consistent play of Artemi Panarin. Nine-point streak, some goals, some great passing. This guy came out with a chip on his shoulder after last season. A new coach that I guess he feels he has to reprove himself to. And, you know, five any any five-game winning streak is big. Five games on the road is big. Something the franchise has never had before, a five-game road win streak in, you know, 98 years, 97 years, whatever it may be. Great way for that team to come together. I, I think they always say on the road – you really get to bond, and when you win, you really get to bond more. So this team is playing on all cylinders. They do have to transfer that back to home ice, which I, I don't think will be much of a problem. And, you know, it's only five games, but anytime you could put 10 points in the standings in a row, man, that, that's just a, a great a great way to start the season off, and I was really happy with that. Uh, what do you think, Glenn? What's your top three surprises, great, great things that you saw out of these five games? Yeah, I'm, I mean, uh, I think the first one is that, you know, over the course of, of this road trip, just uh, more than an individual, just kind of the, the team discipline. Um, you know, we, we keep hearing talking about the, the system um, and, uh, you know, the, the fact that they've been able to pick it up so quickly and just play, I think, consistently uh, in a disciplined play, in a disciplined way, uh, within the system, uh, they all seem really happy about it. They all seem, you know, to, to to understand that, you know, when they play that system, when they play well, they're going to win the majority of games. So, uh, I mean, I think that's the first thing that, you know, not just the road trip, but even even before a little bit, it was a little rocky. But, um, you know, I, I think just the, the discipline of playing, uh, you know, within the system that they're, you know, pretty new to. Um, the second thing I would say is uh, the ability that they were able to uh, uh, come from behind and win, go ahead and hold the, the lead. Uh, you know, they were able to win in, in different ways. Uh, you know, first couple of games, they just gave up no goals, right? They gave up uh, one in Seattle, one in Calgary. And, and uh, uh, so, uh, you know, I think that was uh, something that surprised me that, they, you know, because we have been talking about the defense uh, the week before that, you know, maybe it's kind of worrying us a little bit, but, uh, you know, and then, then in the last couple of games, they gave up, uh, you know, three in the last two games, but, uh, uh, or I'm sorry, two in, in Winnipeg, three in, uh, 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 in Vancouver. But, uh, you know, I think the, the fact that they were able to, you know, uh, have a different, have the wins come in different ways. Uh, you never kind of felt like they were out of it when they were behind and you you felt real comfortable when they were ahead. So uh, I think, you know, just the, the confidence that they seem to have that they can play any way and they can win any game uh, kind of reminds me of, of two seasons ago. Um, and then the, the, the third thing that I think uh, surprised me is, uh, and I know I, I shouldn't bring this up with Scott not here to, to interject, but um, I think Lafreniere has been noticeable in every game on this road trip. Um, um, you know, we, we, they tried to put him on the right wing, uh, when Gallant was here, when Quinn was here, 
And they always gave up on it pretty quickly, said, ah, he can't do it, he's not comfortable, it's not going to work, whatever. Uh, but I think Lafreniere seems committed to, uh, and the organization seems committed to uh, wanting him to be in the top six, which I think is correct, uh, putting him on right wing, which I think had to, had to happen. Um, and for me, it was just the fact that uh, I seem to notice Lafreniere uh, on the ice in, in all five games on the road trip. So for me, I, I think those are the three things that surprised me. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that, too. Mr. Unbeliever, you have anything for us? <laughs> all episode long, man. I should go find a crow from the, from the football show. But uh, <laughs> three things. Oh, the captain, obviously, the 5-0 and o is the surprise. That's number one. Um, that's the number one answer on the Family Feud board right there, 5-0, and o, man. I, Glenn nailed it. You see her Scott say it on his clip. Uh, I did not see that coming. I don't think any – I think Ranger fans say that, you know, we're going to go undefeated on this trip. They say that, but I don't, do they really mean it? Probably not. But the, act, the fact that what Scott said, it was really rings true, is the fact that the time zone changes. If you guys ever – I've been to the West Coast before, but the way they've done it, back and forth, fly to Seattle – Go up into uh, Calgary, Edmonton, back down to Vancouver. I think you lose you, uh, you lose an hour and then go to Winnipeg. It was actually going to spark my my point about the schedule. Uh, I might as well say that now because it's all interrelated. They might as well have done a six game road trip. The reason why I say that is uh, they played the Wild on Saturday. That's near Winnipeg. They might as well the NHL schedule. If you're going to do that long of a road trip, you might as well kept them in that same area. Go from Winnipeg to Minneapolis, play the Wild, and then play the, the Hurricanes at home, and then, then have like a four-game homestay. I would, I'd rather have that. It made no sense to me do all those games, fly back and forth, go to Winnipeg, and then fly all the way back to New York to play the Hurricanes just to fly back to Minnesota. That's a lot of flying, you know what yeah. I'm saying? In a, in a week span, yeah. so yeah, five and zero oh is one big surprise. Here's another surprise. I'm, I'm is actually I had a question for you about this, RP. Um, without Googling or without looking at the stats, where the Rangers rank right now as a team in faceoffs? Three, two, one. Three. He's right. They're, they're third, currently third in the league, man. So that's one thing I've been noticing of uh, winning draws mm-hmm. and controlling the puck. Doing a great job. That's a surprise. That's an area we've always been harping on for years. And my biggest concern, and I've been harping about this for three weeks, which why I wasn't confident, and I'll do it again. Listen, I was not confident after that Nashville game because of the defense. Oh, no. The defense showed up. Now, okay, now special teams-wise, they had that one letdown to Tyler, uh, Tyler Myers on a shorthanded goal. But outside of that, the defense, that, you know, without David, the shutout in Edmonton, fantastic. That was a revenge game for me, the way we looked at it. Because remember last year we went up there, and they, they, they um, embarrassed us with, with Connor McDavid splitting through the defenses and scoring on us like that. It was nice to get a, a nice little payback win a year later. But mm-hmm. those are the three things: five and zero on the road trip, face-off, winning face-offs, and the defense has been a lot better since that Nashville game. Those are my three surprises. And um, one more thing: uh, Scott had another uh, thoughts on 
the play. He may not. It may not be three uh, points, but this this clip is about a minute long, so I'll play what he thought uh, on his player. That you know, if it was, if it's not going to be Lafreniere, you already know who it's going to be about. <laughs> if there was one negative from the night, if I had to pick something, uh, it was that nobody threw me a puck during practice. Uh, I mean, I was right there in these guys' faces. They were literally staring at me for three seconds at a time. Not one puck. Um, I know I saw one of the clips on MSG where I'm, like, clapping my hands together and, you know, I'm, bas- I'm begging for a puck for the entire 15-minute practice period and nobody threw it. The guy next to me, uh, Panarin, threw a stick to him. He wrote a, a, a big sign, wished him a happy birthday in, in Russian writing, threw him a stick. Um, that's probably what I should have done. Actually, the stick kind of went to me by accident, but I wasn't going to be a dick about it. And, you know, <laughs> he, The guy obviously earned the stick, so maybe I'll up my game uh, for next time. Uh, Kreider specifically made eye contact with me about six times during the practice, still did not throw me a stick. So I'm thinking that Somebody leaked the tapes from three years ago, uh, my Kreider rants. I'm thinking somebody here on this the tapes, and that's why he did not throw me a puck last night. So whoever did that, I hold you personally responsible. So he you know, he had to put his jabbing on number 20, RP, and we got to go there because right now our guy, CK20, tops in the league of power play goals and oh, is, is it coming back full circle from two seasons ago RP? Are we going back to that track? On Chris Kreider? I tell you, maybe we are. His, he's got, you know, last year we noticed he was having a lot of trouble deflecting pucks in front of the net for whatever reason, which I think the year before he had 21 goals alone on deflections, but in, in the Winnipeg game, that, that deflection to tie the game up from the Fox shot was just it was just a thing of beauty. He's so confident when he's standing in front of a guy winding up and knows exactly what he wants to do. And I, I know he, he practices it nonstop during practices. I mean, I, I really, his confidence is just glowing. I, I personally think he got Zibanejad back on, you know, back in groove. He stayed consistent with them. And, and, and that started, you know, the, the only player that hasn't really done a lot in the top nine is Blake Wheeler. And he even admitted, uh, I, I read yesterday before his return from Winnipeg that it's just been a bigger adjustment period than he even thought 13 years in Winnipeg coming to the East. And also, you know, I give him a little bit of pass on that. He's playing well. He's just not putting the points up that we were all anticipating. But, you know, back to you were saying with Crider, he's just, he's at another level right now. You can see the team just follows him. You know, when he scores like that, he scores that goal last night. And you're like, damn, we're going to win this in overtime. Even when Lindgren took the late penalty and it was a, a minute and 18 power play in, in the overtime period, you, you never felt that Winnipeg was going to score. Even though they had the pressure and all, it was just a feeling that I had. They just, they, it's it's like almost how it felt the year we, you know, the Gallant's first year. You just felt that in any circumstance, these guys can are always in the game. And that's really all that you can ask of. They're in the game from beginning to end especially on this road trip. They've been able to put it together, and there hasn't been one other than Panarin's point streak. It's been a real team effort. You know, Braden Schneider's been throwing the body like a little trouble lately. He's been playing so well. You know, Miller found it, picked up his game, scored a big goal the other night. You know, Fox is just doing incredible stuff on a power play. He's leading defensemen in points. Lindgren is Lindgren. You don't really have to say anything about that. So, I mean, all of them are on the blue line in, you know, Steve and I are always on the defense, how it's got to get better. Well, it, it got a lot better. I, I hope they can keep this consistency up because 
once everybody starts going, like once Hedo can find a back of the net, though he's been getting assists and playing very well, these guys are going to be a real dangerous team to play if they're playing like this now. If, if they, like Glenn said, if they found how the system works to their advantage and they're comfortable doing that 1-3-1 one, one defense, they're comfortable in the offensive zone, they all backtrack and they backtrack, excuse me, and this north-south system that Laviolette is just pounding into them, how important it is. Uh, they're a lot of fun to watch, and I, I really – you don't want to get too overbearing. You know, it's a great win streak, but there's a lot of games left in the season, and we've only played nine games. There's, there's a long way to go. But you can't – we always talk about losing important points early in the season, and the Rangers, other than that Nashville game, really haven't done that. Now, can I ask you real quick, RP, before you go to Glenn, uh, what was your favorite game of the road trip? Real softball question. Ooh. The Edmonton game and the Vancouver game. They're close. You know, that Vancouver game, you had said this last week, Vancouver was really good. I think they were undefeated yeah. at home, and they had outscored their opponents 13-1 going into that Ranger game. And that was an up-and-down CISO game, and there's a lot of – a lot of specialty teams, a lot of bad penalties by the Rangers. I think they took six minor penalties, you know, that you can't give Vancouver all of those opportunities. Of course, the ex-Ranger JT Miller scores on us, but that's not a big surprise. But the way they kept battling back and battling back and found a way to win, that, that's what the good teams do, even against Winnipeg. Winnipeg isn't one of the better teams in the league, though they played the Rangers very well. But that's a game, even though it's the end of the road trip, even though it was that fifth different time zone or back and forth, they finding way to win games that they should win. So I, I think that I really, I really like that shutout. I know McDavid wasn't in the game, but you know, Drysider was in the game. So they still are a, a power to reckon with. And to shut them out, I think that set the tone for the rest of the trip. <clears throat> hey, okay, Glenn, what's your thoughts on your favorite game on the trip and any uh, additional thoughts? You know, Steve and RP, I would say my two favorite games from from both a Ranger and a hockey standpoint uh, was the Vancouver game. I thought the Vancouver game was was a great game. And, uh, you know, Steve, before they had played that game, I thought that that was the one game uh, I think we had talked about after the Edmonton game. That was the one game that was left that I thought they had a chance of losing because Vancouver is pretty good. Uh, but uh, the way they battled in that game, I mean, that was that was a game that just went back and forth the whole game, and they found a way to win that game. Um, and then the other game that I really liked, believe it or not, was the first game out in Seattle, um, because I was I was hoping that this road trip coming so early in the season would would give the guys a chance to really bond and spend time together uh, and uh, you know talk about. Uh, you know, how they want to play and how it's a different season and everything. And the the Seattle game to me, uh, that was kind of a chippy game. And there were some instances where guys had to stick up for other guys. Uh, there was a lot of pushing and shoving and, uh, you know, getting in between things. And so to me, I liked the Seattle game because that showed me that this team is really bonded, uh, that they like each other. They like the way they're playing. Uh, they're playing for each other. So, for me, those those were my two favorite games on a road trip. The other, okay, any you know, the other, other thing, thoughts? The, oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah go ahead. The, the other thing I want to mention is, you know, we talked about how on this road trip, the defense and the face-offs 
and Jonathan Quick. And, uh, you know, when, when Laviolette was hired, I think we all were kind of, meh, you know, the, the, the best out of a, a bad lot. But um, for, from a coaching standpoint, I mean, he's got these guys playing right off the bat. And, you know, we talked about how uh, he wanted this the whole season to be a prep for the playoffs. Uh, that, uh, you know, he, he wanted this team looking forward right from the beginning. And he's got them playing that way. And, you know, we talk about the defense. We talk about the faceoffs. We talk about uh, Jonathan Quick, how well he's uh, played. And uh, to me, the, the, the answers to that are Phil Housley, Michael Pekka, and Ben Waller. Uh I don't think it's a coincidence that Pekka was such a good face-off guy when he played and that this team – uh, is up in the upper echelon of winning face-offs. Uh, I think he's making a difference. Now, you know, Nick Benino was always a good face-off guy. Trocek was. So, you know, they had guys that are uh, good face-off guys. But even Mika is, is is winning about 50% of his face-offs, which that wasn't always the case. So I think Peck has got something to do with that. Uh, obviously, Phil Housley being a great defenseman, you would expect him to – uh, uh, have an effect on, on the defense. But um, something that uh, Valaket said, on uh, I think one of the post games, where he talked about how uh, Jonathan Quick uh, had had always kind of played outside the crease and would kind of be, you know, sc- not really scrambling around, but, you know, he, w- he was more, uh, you know, moving around outside the crease and had uh, – uh, Benoit Allaire is probably having an effect of, of keeping him in the crease, uh, which is making it easier for him to go to side to side and, and, and also just to uh, line up with the shooter. And he also mentioned that when Henrik first came over, Henrik was that way too. He played outside the crease a lot. And that Benoit Allaire uh, kind of got him to play a little more in, in tight, you know, in the crease uh, closer to the net. So, um, I, I think that, you know, with Jonathan Quick, it, it might be the Benoit Allaire effect. Uh, you know, we were all worried in the preseason how he played. We were like, oh, my God, this this might not work out. But, uh, you know, as soon as the bell rung when the season started, Quick uh, is playing like he was uh, 12 years ago. So I think Benoit Allaire has got uh, uh, something to do with that. And I got to give credit to Laviolette for bringing these guys in because I think they've had a lot to do with the success uh, of the team early on uh, as well. So uh, just kind of a shout-out to the coaching staff. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, I'll quickly answer this question. I would have said the Vancouver game, so we watched that Winnipeg game last night. And the reason I, I go Winnipeg is um, down 2-1. to one. They could have said, ah, you know, rest of the road trip. They're kind of playing with some house money. But like RP said earlier, and this is the reason why it's my favorite game is they choose the fight, they choose the tie, even down with adversity with the uh, lingering tripping on Appleton, they play with the uh, man disadvantage into uh, at the end of regulation into the overtime. They fought off the you know the the, the power play from the, uh, the Jets, and they they kept their composure. They looked it real comfortable despite uh, Nikolai Eller's attack. He was in attack mode all night, and they fought that off very well. And they, they took the time, and they set up uh, Zabinijad. Uh, in games, it's like what Scott said, like the teams in the past would have kind of like, ah, well, we got a few wins, or we're off to, you know, we're, we're done, we, we, we did our job. They finished the job. They came back. 
with they withhold the the storm and they finished the job. I thought that was fantastic. Um, I'm gonna go Winnipeg is was probably my favorite game of them all. Is the you know they could have mailed it in and they chose not to. And I, I thought that it shows a lot of resilience. Like they were not playing. Well, I, that really really opened my eyes. I will say this, uh, RP. Um, oh, I'll, actually, I'll come back to this later. Sky had a couple of thoughts, and I see you've got Dewan with us. He wants to talk about his experience with the Seattle game. But um, he had a nice experience with the Winnipeg fans. Let's fire off on his last clip. So this we'll was my first time in Winnipeg, and that completes the Canadian circuit. I have now seen the Rangers in every uh, Canadian city, and 4-2-1 uh, and one overall in the western provinces. Uh, and that, this is just such a great, great fan base. I know that they we've been giving them some crap because they're kind of like Ottawa and the fact that they're not really going. Attendance is a problem unless they're really good and they're – they're going to be average at best this year. Everybody knows it, so uh, their, their ticket sales were not great. But the, the place was packed. It was great, great time. Met a lot of really great people. You know, got dressed. The costume probably certainly helped, uh, you know, as an icebreaker and whatnot. But everyone I met was just so, so nice. Um, you know, you get that more out west than you do in like, – not, not to say that, you know, there's not great people in Toronto and Montreal, but the, the western provinces, the people are just so welcoming. Um, you, you know, you, you, you meet a lot of people in Ranger jerseys that are local, and there are a bunch that drove up from, from North Dakota. Believe it or not, several groups that drove up from North Dakota uh, that are Ranger fans for some reason. Really, really, really great people. Um, and then the locals, when, 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 you, when they find out that you actually uh, flew in from New Jersey at 6 in the morning, they're, they're just – they're shocked. You know, I remember getting that in, in, in Calgary and Edmonton as well. Uh, they're just shocked and so welcoming. Uh, you know, really, really great people. Of course, the uh, the costume thing, uh, you know, I know it was, was great. I know uh, uh, I was all over the place on the, on the Rangers page and whatnot and MSG Network, and, you know, that's why I do it for the attention. Um, <laughs> it was uh, it was a lot of fun. It really was. And those seats, you know, while it was great for the, uh, you know, seeing the players up front, I do not recommend sitting first row behind the bench because you can't see anything. When they, there's a lot of straining around the, uh, you know, the stanchions and the pylons and, and whatnot. And, uh, you know, it's it, it's there were a couple Ranger goals were toward the left side of me where I didn't know they scored until I saw the players celebrating. It was kind of like being at the at the Winter Classic in in, in Wrigley like that. But uh, uh, so yeah, the uh, the novelty of those seats uh, wears off pretty quick. But uh, you know, I wouldn't have had it any other way. It was an awesome night. All right, that was Scott's final clip, uh, RP and Glenn. Let's bring on DeWan, who's at the Seattle game. Thank you for the win, homie. And how was the thoughts being at Clutch Climate uh, Arena, man? What, what was your thoughts on that, man? It was exciting, huh? I like those scoreboards in there, huh? Hey, can you hear me, man? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right, I'm, 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 I'm in the barbershop getting a haircut, man. <laughs> I'm getting out of shape up. Nah, but being at that game, man, that was a dope. That was a dope experience, man. First time there, at climate place and everything. Um, yeah, yeah. So the, the arena. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. The arena. I like. I like the arena. It's good setup and everything. I know. As I told me before, it was like redone or whatever. I'll fix that for us. Oh, we getting a lot of feedback. Hold on, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to you. We'll come back to you. Oh, we getting a lot of uh, clipper noise in the background. Hold on, we'll come back to you. 
Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, we'll come back to you in a few minutes. Oh, we got a lot of clipping noise in the background. But RP, uh, shout out to Dewan who was at the Seattle game getting his haircut uh, at the shop. Um, let me see. Uh, you heard what Scott said. Um, anything else? Now, RP, I do want to bring to your attention what I really I don't. I, there's no way they could keep this up. If you could keep this up, then you got a championship team on your roster. Uh, championship uh, situation. They're both top ten. Uh, and as far as the uh, power play right now and the penalty kill, no way they can keep that up. I, I doubt that. There's no way. That's too much to ask for, right? But uh, the Rangers are middle of the pack in scoring, which I think there w- would be anyway. But it's the defense for me, my guy. It's the defense. They, they turn that around, we could do some things. And right now, defensively, their uh, goals against is second in the league. Second. Man, you know I'm glowing, man. I'm glowing. Your thoughts, RP, and anything else like that? <laughs> no, I, I hear that. When you look at their numbers, they were 13th in penalty killing when the road trip started. And now I'm just going through their numbers, and I just had it, and then I got distracted. Sorry. And now they're, they've moved up to 11th. They're second in the league on the power play, which is phenomenal. We already talked about their face-off percentage. So can they keep it up? You like to say consistent. So like you said, try if you can try to keep power play penalty killing in the top 10. Um, I don't know if they can keep it up. I, I know what I like what I see early on. I think they're going to pick up – sometimes teams pick up bad habits early on. They're picking up good habits early on. They're just playing as a five-man unit whenever they're on the ice. They sort of seem to know where each guy is going, not just with the forwards, but with the forwards and the defensemen. Uh, you know, you, you look at what Adam Fox is doing right now. He's racking up points. He's playing like he – early on, yes, but he's playing like he played the year he won the Norris. He's got a lot of confidence, momentum going. And and like you always say, this team is going to really need to rely heavily on the defense, and which has Sturkin back in that is, is always a huge advantage. I just like how they're more of a five-man unit now in these nine games and probably all of last season. And and that's huge. So you just want to, you know, it's once again, you know, you, you're not going to win every game. You're going to have, you try to keep the losses, you know, no more than two games in a row, try to stay out of the quicksand and keep picking yourselves up. But right now they have a foundation to really have a good season, long way to go, but you know, for now you have to enjoy it. You have to enjoy it. There's nothing really to, to knock. There's nothing really to rip apart. You, you you know, Mika Zimbanejad said it best the other night when he said they were determined to, to win that fifth game, not just for the record, just to complete a good road trip. They wanted to come home with a, a good taste in their mouth, you know. And like you said, they could have just said, oh, well, we won four and we're good, or when they made it into overtime, well, you know, we got one point, so that's nine out of ten points, which would have been an incredible road trip. You know, once they went into overtime, you're like, you're at worst 4-0-1 on a five-game stand. It's incredible. But for them, to, for him to score that goal with 25 seconds left, it it showed a, a lot of determination and commitment that we haven't seen in a while. Hey, quick fun fact: you know who's top ten right now on the Rangers? Top ten in the league in hits? Three, two, one. Kruba. No, nope. That that would be a no. Will? Kruba. No, I don't think. Is it Cooley? I was going to say that. It is. Yeah, hey. putting out the physicality, man. I mean, it's a team effort, man. You get scoring, you get the defense. And 
And I do have my thoughts. On, uh, we'll come back to that. But, Glenn, anything else you'd like to add on what we're saying or anything else you'd like to add or bring up? And then um, I'll continue my apology tour and we'll get, try to get DeLon back on. Well, yeah, I mean, first thing I'll say, Steve, and I think I, I messaged you this, too. There's no need for apologies when they go 5-0. I mean, you know, if you, if you said they were going to go 5-0 and they were going to go 5-0, <laughs> you know, then maybe you need to apologize, but there's no apologies for five and zero. Oh. I'm, you know, I, I'm very happy with it. Um, you know, I mean, because, I mean, could you blame me after at the Nashville? Could you blame me though? Like after we saw that, like no, not at all. We were <laughs> they were horrible after Nashville. We had more questions than <laughs> we had more fear going into that five game set after yeah. that Nashville game. But that just shows that that yeah. was like one bad game. Yeah, it's gonna happen. You know, okay. it's not gonna be the only okay. time it happens. This season. <laughs> Okay, okay. You know, and the, and the thing that stood out to me when you guys were just talking about your favorite, you know, what favorite games you had, I mean, nobody mentioned the Calgary game, but, I mean, it goes to show that there was something good to come out of every game because we all picked different games. Uh, so, uh, you know, there were good things to come out of, of uh, each of those games, I think. Um, you know, again, we, we got to cool the Jets a little bit. We're nine games into the season, but um, – you know, I, I'm not so quick to say that they can't keep this up. Um, you know, if you look at the roster, you look at the way they're playing, uh, the goaltending, you've got former All-Stars who are playing like All-Stars. They're playing up to their level. Um, and, uh, you know, we'd have to go back to the tapes, but I think that, uh, you know, I had, I had mentioned that I thought they are going to win the division. And uh, most of that was probably just to be different from you guys because you were all picking Calgary or uh, – Carolina and the and Devils, so I just thought, oh, I'll go with the Rangers. But um, <laughs> no, I, I think they can keep this up. I mean, the, the top to bottom, this is a very good team. And, uh, you know, we talked about the depth that they have, you know, in, in the bottom six even, too. I mean, Cooley doesn't look like a, a rookie at all. And, you know, you say he's leading the team in hits. Everybody is, everybody is contributing what they need to contribute to, to me. Everybody's playing their role. Uh, Fox is, is uh, you know, has got the most points of a defenseman in the NHL right now. He He's playing the way he's supposed to play. And, boy, I'll tell you, on a couple of those passes for goals, man, the vision that he's got on the ice is not too many players have that. And he's just impressing me so much in, in the first nine games of the season with uh, the way he's uh, he's finding guys wide open. Uh, the, the one that, to Mika, Mika's first goal, uh, you know, it's just he's finding guys that are open and guys are finding open space as well. So to me, everybody is playing up to their capability. I don't think anybody is really playing over their head uh, and they're they're playing the roles that they're meant to play on this team. So for me, that's very encouraging to say, why can't this continue? Well, what sure. I mean by continue, I'm talking about top 10 as far as the special teams. Like that's That's a very difficult feat, man. I mean, something's got to give over 82, right? And then whatever, we can't foresee an injury here or there. Right. I don't know, man. Right. That's really a tall task, man. I don't, I, that, I mean, it's just great to see that currently right now. I just, that's a, that's a real, I mean, even with expectations with the most delusional Ranger fan, I can't really expect that. I don't think that. I, I don't know. But just, to, but if you could just hang around like defense and keep your engaged, because I don't think this team is a top 10 offensive team. But if you could still stay middle of the pack, 
offensively, like 15th to 18th or something like that. And then defensively, sure enough, I think that's what they that, – that, that's what bothered me since the start of the season. Uh, Shesterkin, outside of the anomaly game with, at Columbus and then also the Nashville game, uh, he's done, done his job. And let's see if he can continue to do his job, especially with the Hurricanes coming – uh, the Wild. So this is a nice test, too, as well, uh, the, the next two games, RP. And then uh, we'll have Detroit next Tuesday on a post game. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I I, I, was, I forgot to – hey, hold on. Shame. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's all episode long, man. So uh, – but also, it's, it's, it's happy times, RP. What, two, three weeks ago, we – we kind of pissed you off with the uh, the pessimism, man. Like it's a whole 180, man. All you had to do was play better defense, baby. We we back on board. We back on board. <laughs> yeah, well, you know something. <laughs> if that's all it took, you know, <laughs> I I was a little down after those uh, couple of podcasts. But you know something, that's what winning does. <laughs> it changes everybody's outlook. But it does it does give the team a direction. I mean, you could. I think the winning streak shows fans what Laviolette's trying to do. Because, you know, you know Laviolette from coaching all these other teams. But you only see him once, twice, depending on race, three times a year. And you don't really pay attention to the coach when, you know, when the Capitals came into town. You're paying attention to Ovechkin and T.J. Oshie and that kind of deal. But now you get him behind our bench, and you really see what he's trying to instill in his system and his idea of what winning – Sacrifice what well, sacrifices need to to win, and and it's a system that if he feels they can inject into the players and they buy in, which apparently they have, this is what a coach is supposed to do. And I'm not knocking Gallant. When Gallant got hired, I I was a big fan of it, but that was the same thing. Over two seasons, you sort of saw there wasn't really much of a forechecking system. There wasn't much of a a defensive scheme. There wasn't much neutral zone play, like what he wanted and all. It was more, let's just go do your job. You've been playing hockey a long time. And sometimes you need, everyone needs to, to surround something, an idea of what needs to be done. And, and Laviolette's brought that in. And you, we've seen that over nine games. Yeah, there's a lot of more, a lot of more, a lot more hockey to be played. But I really like how this whole team is just bought into what the whole coaching staff, not just Laviolette, ha- has brought in. And, and like Glenn said, these guys can play a significant part of the season winning a lot of hockey games. You know, we're going to have those ups and downs. Which, you know, we're not going to win every game the rest of the season. We're going to have a bunch of those national games, and you're like, what the hell is going on tonight? But you just try to eliminate two, three-game losses. I think a couple of years ago in Gallant's first year, what was it, Steve? The Rangers didn't lose more than two games in a row the entire season. That's what you need. That's consistency. If you lose, you pick yourself up and you win two, three more games after that. Because you're not going to go undefeated. Let's, let's, you know, let's keep it real as possible. They just need to be consistent game in and game out. Even, you know, you're going to lose good games, right? We've talked about that. Sometimes you lose a 3-2 game like, yeah, that was a good hockey game. And we just, you know, an extra power play goal or a stupid shorthand goal, whatever it may be, and you, you wind up on the wrong side. doesn't mean you played a bad hockey game. So I think here, if we could avoid more of the national games and take everything else that came around it, I think they're going to be they're going to be all right. And like you said, 
You just got to keep doing it game in and game out. But, you know, another stat I read, I don't think the Rangers have another start time after 8 o'clock until, like, February. Because they got this whole West Coast trip out of the way. Now, now the travel favors them. They got the hard part done, and, and they came out on top. Yeah, I was going to say that. It off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there'll be some other – there'll just be stiffer competition, don't get me wrong. But that hard part – normally the Rangers play this West Coast trip in February. Right, here, right. I, I think it was a break. I, I think making them go on the road and you know for two weeks and they really got to know who they are and what the coaching staff wants and they had – uh, from reading the beat writers, you know, they have very uh, intense practices. Sometimes they have two-hour practices, which isn't all that common in the league anymore. But they said, well, he lets them very vocal on what he wants. And he'll stop a practice and, and show them on the ice, this is how you're supposed to do this. So the practices have a little bit more of a learning curve to them than a, than a regular practice. But so far, you can't argue with that with the results that we've had. I would like to say, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Are people going to Glenn and then get some final thoughts after that? As far as the schedule, why not made it a six game road trip and finish it off in Minnesota? I I don't like. There's a lot of flying back and forth. I can understand. Okay, all the way up in Canada, Seattle, the first leg, and you do your your tour of Canada, the Western Canada, and I like to see like to have Glenn speak on it because he's done it before, so he he gives us a first. Uh, uh, first thoughts on that, you know, firsthand experience. But why not just, okay, after Winnipeg, might as well go to Minnesota. It's right there and then have your homestand or whatever. I just think that's a lot of back and forth fly, even if it's not the winner. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot. I mean, there are different factors. Maybe Minnesota's home rink didn't have dates available. Maybe after two weeks, they just said, we're going to bring the Rangers home for a game, have a couple of days off, play a home game, and then fly out for one. And then they come back and they're home against the Detroit on, on Tuesday. It, there's, you know, the NHL schedule has got so many games to schedule. It, there's probably a whole bunch of factors why they didn't make it one more. Six-game road trip is a long road trip. So it would have been, what, another four days out between whenever the next game would have been and then travel home. So I don't think there's much rhyme or rhythm to it. I don't think it bothers the players as much as it would bother us, which is what they do. You know, they're home now. They they don't play in Minnesota to Saturday night. We play Thursday night against the Hurricanes. They don't have to fly out until Friday morning. They're home for a week. I don't think it's that big a deal. All right. We'll go to Glenn. Now, Glenn, your thoughts, uh, getting that West Coast trip out of the – or the Western Canada trip out of the way. Now, when you went, was that in the middle of winter? Or what time of the year when you did uh, your – Actually, um, your, your actually I was in – actually, I was in Calgary for New Year's. Uh, so it was uh, the week after Christmas. Uh, hit Vancouver first. That was the first game. And then uh, drove to uh, Edmonton for the second game and then Calgary for the third game, which was, uh, like I said, on New Year's. Uh, I want to say 1996, maybe. Um, and, uh, no, I mean, it was a great trip. And, and like Scott said, too, uh, the people out in the Western provinces are, are tremendous. Uh, even in Edmonton, where, you know, at that point, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, the mid-'90s, uh, where they had just come off winning all those cups. You thought they might be a little snooty, but they weren't at all. Uh, I mean, they were they were great. They were very welcoming. Uh, I remember having lots of great conversations with uh, uh, people there, uh, both just about the uh, the Oiler dynasty and and also just hockey in general. 
but uh, I only did the, that was just a three game trip at that time, so it wasn't a a long one, uh, a five game trip. But uh, uh, yeah, no, I mean it, it was a great trip. It was a great experience to go to some of those places, and uh, uh, like Scott, that kind of finished off my uh, other than Winnipeg. Never got to Winnipeg. But uh, other than that, that kind of finished off my tour of the uh, uh, the Canadian cities as well. Um, one thing I, I would like to, Steve, you, you had said that you thought that maybe as an offensive team uh, they can't keep up. Um, I, I would say this, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, RP, on, on the numbers here. I'm just doing this off the top of my head. Um, Heedle's got no goals. Uh, Costco's got one maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. If he did, I don't remember it. Wheeler's got no goals. Mika just got his first two. Uh, this team is 7-2 and two with a number of guys uh, uh, scoring one goal or no goals. So, yeah, you're probably going to have some, uh, you know, periods where Crowder doesn't score for a couple of games or, um, you know, Panarin. But, yeah, I just did a little quick math. Panarin's on a pace for 126 points. Do we think he's going to do that? Probably not. But we'll be, be- – be surprised if he got 100 or 105 i mean he had 95 last year so uh, right. i don't see you know so i mean he's on a good stretch right now but it's not an unconscious stretch that uh you know you say there's no way he can maintain this um so so i would kind of say that you know there is a possibility for this team to be better offensively because you got a bunch of guys that really haven't contributed uh in goal so far so uh, once those guys kick it in a little bit, uh, they'll probably, you know, be able to fill in the blanks when, you know, somebody like a Kreider or a, a Mika or even Panarin maybe is, is uh, you know, not scoring. Uh, so I think this team could actually be better uh, offensively than they've been. Um, the other thing I, I want to mention is, you know, we were talking about the defense, and I think that the under-the-radar acquisition of uh, Gustafson has really – been, uh, you know, something that's maybe more important uh, than people would look at on the surface. I mean, I think he's the best sixth defenseman that the Rangers have had um, in the past few years. And there's always been that spot where, you know, who's going to play there? Try this guy, try that guy, you know, a bunch of different guys coming and going, the Ben Harpers and, and Zach Jones and all these guys. And and I just thought Gustafson's played very well. And, and if I remember, I think he's got two goals already too. So uh, I think he was, uh, 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 you know, an acquisition that people wouldn't really look at, but uh, I think he's uh, really contributed to the cause as well. Yeah, he had that goal in that Calgary game. What was about the goal he had in the, in the uh, season? Was it was it Buffalo or Columbus? Probably a Columbus game. That sounds about right. I think he had scored. In that. Yeah, he's that? got two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I do remember the Calgary. He had that goal, yeah, in, in the middle of that game. Yeah, so it's – yeah, he's played well. He he's he's a very good sign, and that's a guy that Lafayette is very comfortable with. Oh, before we go final calls, we go on back and bring him back on. Yeah, you want to sound off on how your experience, man? How it was? Yeah, man. Uh, my bad to drop off for a minute so he can finish chopping me up on my head on shape up. But yeah, man, my experience was great. Like I said, the arena itself, man, dope arena. No, I like the layout of the arena. Definitely lots of food options. As far as on the um, in the actual um, arena playing area, the two uh, scoreboards, man, that was definitely different. I was looking like that. I've never seen that before, man. And then to see an actual live hockey game is definitely different from watching it on TV. So, 
That was the it, it, it was great. Yeah, it's definitely. Go ahead. Now, can you give us one more, one more uh, your, your thoughts before we, we're going to go into the final thoughts? But you were at that game. That's the game where the lights got dim early in the beginning. What happened? Do you, can you tell us what happened? Like, just the, the lights going low in that arena in the first period? I, at, first, at first, I didn't know what happened. But then they said it was something with the lighting or something like that. So, like, halfway through the first period, they switched sides. Then halfway through the second period, they switched sides again, and then they did the same thing in the third period. So it kind of threw the whole game off. It was, like, weird. I thought, I've never seen that before, where they just switched sides because the lighting was uh, messed up. Well, they said they had fixed it or something like that, but to be fair or whatever, they had to keep switching sides or something like that. Because nothing, everybody, a lot of the fans were confused, like, why are we switching sides? Why is it some big holes up like, on, like, not even a couple minutes into the game? And then, then I, we found out why that was. So, I mean, it's still a good game. It was just weird how everything went. Right. I mean, you kicked off the, the road trip with a win. We appreciate you, man. I'm glad you enjoyed it, man. I, it's a, definitely a nice arena with the two scoreboards. I went there last year. And, uh, and it, like I said, it, it's definitely better in person. The TV doesn't do it justice. That's arguments I've been having with Ranger Proud for years, man. They, I wish they did the TV experience a little bit better, but but the but in game is nothing like it, man. It's good to be with those you know those loud fans, and especially in the season that they came yeah. off with. We definitely thank you for sharing that experience, man. Bringing us that first win of the five game road trip. Man. Yeah, man, that was a great. One. I believe that game that was uh Jonathan Quick's first game starting, I think. Or the second. Yeah, yeah I was, he came in in the Nashville game. He came in reserve uh, by Shesterkin in reserve. And then, yeah, he got the shutout. Oh, not the shutout, but he got the win in Seattle, yeah. Right. Yeah, The man, Hall of Famer, Jonathan Quick. Oh, that, speaking of Hall of Fame, we got to yeah. talk about that. RP, we got to talk about that Hall of Fame with uh, Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. I mean, Dwan, man, thanks, man, because we're going to wrap it up. We're going to get some final close, and we appreciate uh, your thoughts, man. We get the fan experience, man, at the end. Yeah, no problem. All right, shout-out to Dwan, man. And his, you know, Lauren could have made the episode. I think Lauren may come on next time. Uh, she was at the three middle games, the, Glenn, the games Glenn has done in the past, and Scott, and then Scott, you know, couldn't make it tonight, but he had the clips ready for us, ready to go. But uh, RP, your final, th- uh, you kick us off with final thoughts if you want, or say anything before, and then I could go to final thoughts, Glenn, and then we'll we'll we'll, we'll finalize it with you, RP. Um, anything, any else you'd like to say before we go to final thoughts, RP? Yeah, just uh, just two things. Uh, I just saw that. Uh, Boston Bruins, Charlie McAvoy got suspended for real, real cheap shot. He got a four-game suspension. He hit uh, at the Emma Lawson of Florida, and I saw a replay. And You want to know something? They, they got to get that crap out of the game. And, and I'm a huge McAvoy fan. He's from Long Island. I followed him. Great hockey player. But they, they got to get that crap out of the game because he hit, he hit that guy with his shoulder. The puck wasn't even there in front of him. And, man, I thought he was knocked out. It was a real, real nasty hit. So I, I was glad to see the league's been coming down a little bit harder on suspensions. And it has nothing to do with the money. It has to do with hurting the team that a top player is going to be out. And I think the league has finally understood that. When you suspend the guy, it's not about, well, taking money out of his pocket because these guys are making a lot of money. But it's hurting the team defensively, in this case the Bruins, losing a McAvoy for four games. So uh, kudos to them because that was a real, real nasty hit. 
And then on the opposite, the total opposite, and I'm sure you guys saw this, Henrik Lundqvist is going to be playing in the Hall of Fame game on November 12th, I believe it is. And they showed him taking some shots yesterday. And, man, it was great to see him with the pads on again and that wearing his Ranger warm-up jersey and his, his really exquisite Hall of Fame pads that he had specifically made for the game. So, uh, yeah, that, that was a lot of fun to see. It was good to see him back in that. So I hope they're televising that game on one of these networks because that would be really great to see. All right, all right. Uh, Glenn, uh, final thoughts? And then our final thoughts after that, and then we'll go RP. He'll close this out. Uh, Glenn, anything else you want to – your your final thoughts, Glenn? Yeah, I'll, I'll just quickly uh, say something that maybe we can talk about in the coming weeks. Um, you know, we talked about, again, with the Rangers, can they can they keep this up? Um, and I'm looking at the standings. The Rangers have the third most points in the league right now. Um, the the first is uh, Vegas, uh, who is uh, 9-0-1. Um, and uh, second is uh, the Bruins, who are 8-0-1. And um, what I would say is, you know, do we think those two teams can keep it up? Vegas probably can because of the division they're in. Uh, Boston is actually surprising me after losing Bergeron and uh, Krejci that they're off to the start that they're off, but they're, you know, not giving up any goals, and that's how they're uh, doing it in, uh, you know, in, in a very tough division. Um, so, again, the Rangers are also in a very tough division, but, you know, I would say if you look at, if you look at Boston, other than Pasternak, and you look at Vegas, who, you know, if you want to call Eichel a, a, a superstar, they don't have a ton of superstars either. Um, I don't see why the Rangers can't be one of the top five teams in the league and, and win this division. So, you know, maybe that's something we can talk about next week. I know we'll talk about it in the coming months. And uh, uh, But I don't see any reason why they can't uh, do what those other two teams uh, would be doing. Um, and then my last question is, since RP uh, brought up Henrik, have any of you guys uh, tried the Henrik New Cologne? <laughs> no, I have. No, I have not. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Glenn? Shout out to you on that. Because um, I was going to bring up, um, you know, I said this yesterday. We had an episode with all the sports, all the sports, soccer, football, bas- basketball, even in the NHL. And I touched on what Boston was doing currently. Um I think they could keep it up, but I don't think they're going to be on a pace like they were last year. But what I was surprising to me was the Montreal Canadiens because I saw, and I brought it up on their yesterday's episode of, uh, when I talked on the NHL segment of their win on, in, 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 the, in the, uh, the shootout over Winnipeg. Uh, Cole Caulfield is playing very good hockey. They're tied for second in that division. That was actually a little surprising to me. And I think the Atlantic actually has a Quality depth, uh, very good teams. Even Buffalo is Absolutely. solid. They're last place right now. I think that I think that the, I, I said the Toronto's going to win that division. It ain't going to be easy, but I think they got some good teams in there. We're going to see Detroit next week, and, we'll, and and I saw their game versus Calgary, and they beat up on them like a week ago, or whatever. But the Atlantic, I think, got some very good teams, man. I think they have top to bottom. There's no easy night in the office. And I, and I brought this up yesterday as well, uh, Glenn and RP. Ottawa could score. They, they're like top three in scoring. So yeah. you're, you're thinking you're just going to go in there and just, okay, I'm going to get three little goals or whatever. Like, you're going to have to outscore them. They're top three in scoring as well. Uh, they've been lightening it up as well. But RP, like, I, I say it again one more time. Shame. <laughs> 
I, I apologize. It was just all about the defense, bro. That, and I didn't mean to upset you guys last week, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Figure out the defense, and you can keep that up. All good here, man. So that, that is my final thoughts. I can't wait till next week when we pick this up and on the uh, Detroit Red Wings on a post game. But RP, you're, close this out, man. Yeah, you know, and I know something. It's a great streak. They're playing well. Our, our November schedule is tough. We played Detroit twice. Detroit, to me, is one of the most surprising teams in the league right now. They're in second place in the division. They're 6-3-1. and one. We're going to play them this week and then the last game in November. Um, the schedule, we were talking really quick about it, guys. The schedule is weird. We played Minnesota, the Wild, both the games to the season this month. I think we're going to wrap up both games at Detroit this month. So it's uh, the schedule is going to be tough, but I tell you, I like where we're at. I have all the confidence in them right now. The defense is playing very well. Like, uh, excuse me, like Len said, when these other guys start scoring, we're going to be a real dangerous team. So I'm just going to enjoy the ride while we can because overall, it's been a real shitty time for New York sports. Mets, Yankees, Giants, Jets. So it's nice to be talking about positive on a New York team, so I hope, I really hope they keep it up. Uh, keep following me on Ranger Proud, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and my writing along with my new writers on Empire Sports Media. I appreciate all the feedback, and I look forward to talking to you guys again next Tuesday. All right, guys, until next Tuesday, RP, Glenn, and myself, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, postgame next week versus the Red Wings. Look forward to that. Sangre so ladies and gentlemen, bleed blue. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blee blue, 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 blee Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.